0: be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see you are not alone, you at least got me. We are more alike than you may know, but if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't so ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. to be aware all i'm saying you never know what someone's going through just because they look happy doesn't make it true hopefully this podcast will help you see you are not alone you at least got me we are more alike than you may know but if we stay quiet we will never grow so never give up because you got this if you quit think of all the opportunities that you could miss Hey, everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. I'm Danielle Boer, your host, as always. Woo-hoo. All right. So I'm excited about today's guest. She's different, which is exciting because there's been so many life coaches on, which life coaches are amazing because I'm becoming one, but she's different. So yay. Yay for uniqueness. It's so awesome. Okay. Mandy Hornsby. She is the creator and writer of My Sassy Starfish and Don't Tell Mama <laughs> podcast, <Get my> ball. <laughs> yay! where she talks about the things she loves, mindful living, history, and Mississippi Gulf living. Welcome, Mandy, to the show.
1: Uh, thank you, Danielle. Thank you for having me. This is always fun to be on someone else's show.
0: <laughs> Whenever I you're putting
1: everyone on your hot seat it's always fun to be on someone yes. else's
0: <laughs> it is it's like to me it's like a, um it's just like fun because you just sit back and you're like i don't have to be in control woohoo <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i'm
1: not editing um, this episode
0: <laughs> that's oh that's it is the editing you're right i'm like have fun it's on you
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: all right so okay now what do you love about the subject history
1: well it's been like all history almost all the time not always i also teach english so uh i've always liked history back when i was in fifth grade my my teacher actually assigned us a project to do a short report like handwritten on the notebook paper because I'm that old uh (laughs) about our family our family history so that kind of got me started with genealogy because when I was born I have had a lot of my grandparents were still alive and great-grandparents so my grandpa like loaded me in the car and took me to like the old Biloxi Cemetery and took me to visit his sister and you know and since then I've always I've always loved history I have like a a thing for like historical fiction too in certain situations. And it's just, uh, it's just always been interesting to see parallels and there's always like some weird serendipity that happens with history. Like how, what are the chances that this happened at that exact time?
0: So. Yes. Okay. Now that sounds interesting. So <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> does sound cool. Um So, all right. How many degrees do you have and how long did you go to school for?
1: So I guess I should preface this by saying I'm a millennial. So no, no one degree is ever enough in (laughs) our, our situation. There's just no, there's no degree. That's going to like be enough to get you the perfect job because that's just the way our life has gone as millennials. (laughs) Um, I And actually, I will preface this by saying to have a love for genealogy and history, you don't have to have a degree. Some really good local researchers I know actually just picked it up after they retired. They had other careers before this. Um, So mainly, I think if you just have like a a sense of making sure that you check your resources and kind of have a good BS monitor, you're okay with studying history, but my actual uh, undergraduate degrees in history and English, I have a master's uh, in history and then I graduated with that master's. So I did like five years straight to college because I went straight to my master's and I did it in Edinburgh and Edinburgh master's programs full time or one year instead of two like most U S programs. Wow. And when I came back, I, my, my fancy degree was good for working at books, a million coffee shop. Oh. And that's only because I'd worked at a coffee shop the summer before I left for, for Scotland. That was my most employable <laughs> skill when I graduated in 2008. So oh. I worked in the public library for a while, and then I went back and got my uh, alternate route for teaching. I worked as a school librarian, and then I got a CELTA for teaching ESL because I got tired of being a school librarian. And then now I'm actually working on my master's in library science with a graduate certificate in archives. So I guess that's about, like... Yeah. Ooh, eight years total of school, roughly, once I finish this program in May.
0: <laughs> Oy, well, good for you.
1: <laughs> I have, like, all good. the school.
0: <laughs> that's amazing, though. That's really good. That's, first of all, learning is amazing and great. And that keeps us going and young and smart. So that's awesome. That's a lot of school, but it's awesome for you. <laughs> and... um it's really interesting that I didn't even know that there was some of the degrees, like the one you're going for. I didn't even know that was a thing. So that's, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah, now, and it is
1: actually, you... like, a useful one. You know, it talks yeah. about budgeting and grant writing and, you know, wow. uh, working with uh, some of the classes. I didn't get to take it because I'm doing the specialist part of it. Uh, they have degrees to working with, like, underrepresented populations as well, like classes and oh. that in my program.
0: Oh, wow, that's amazing. Wow. That's so wonderful. That's great that you can help and make a difference. And that that's what I'm all about is helping people. So that's really wonderful that they focus on, on that. Okay. So explain, I mean, lots of people might know, but like explain what, what does genealogy mean? Like, what are you doing when you're so- looking up your genealogy?
1: So genealogy is basically the study of the people who lived before you and your family. To, there's usually two approaches to genealogy where people will go back and just go direct descendant to direct descendant. So like your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your great-grandparents. And then there's also another camp of genealogists, which we also see where I work, that just want to find everyone in the family to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like say they want to know who all their cousins are, for example, or all their grandparents, what happened to all their grandparents, siblings, children, for example. So it can, so genealogy can kind of be researched going backwards through time, or it can also expand out like an umbrella almost, depending on what you're most interested in.
0: Ooh wee, that's cool. And so I think like most of them have a, like a little leaf or something, which makes sense because you're looking at the family tree. So mm-hmm. isn't that clever? It's so clever to me. I like how, I like the why of stuff and I'm like, ooh,
1: that's smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. So know, yeah, then, so that's, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. There's also like pedigree charts, which are basically family trees, but in genealogy, oh. we call it a pedigree chart, which is kind of weird because I'm like, we're not, you know, dogs. we're not <laughs> livestock or dogs, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. If you look at like the, like, like the ancestry websites, if you print one, a family tree, it'll call it a pedigree chart. <laughs> oh.
0: Okay. Um so let me ask you this though cuz it's fascinating. So if I'm looking up somebody from the 1800s, we didn't have a lot of like how do they know these things? Like say the person, no offense to the person, say the person didn't do anything like, even work a job or write something or, like, go on a boat. You know, some of them traveled on the Titanic or whatever, and then they have documentation of that or or made, like, a big thing in history or whatever. How would they find out information from 1800s when we didn't really have pictures? Like, we didn't have all that stuff back then. Maybe we had pictures. I don't know. I'm sorry. And that's sad. I was a photographer, and I don't know when that was Mm -hmm. discovered. But the point is, like, you know, you don't have... We don't have Facebook. We don't have all this stuff. There's no documentation of them. How do they find Mm -hmm. find out these things?
1: Some people get lucky and some people have like struggle. Like we see like a lot of people that there's say, and actually people that are noteworthy too. Sometimes they're kind of hard to get, get tracked down Mm. in certain phases of their life. Um, But what I find is there's more, there's not too bad on the 1800s because there's the census. Okay. Census is where you go and, you know, every 10 years and you tell, you know, say how many people are in your household, where you're from, what you do, and the government holds on to it for like 50-something, 70-something, oh, it's actually 72 years or something like that, roughly, and then mm. they'll release it to the public. So they do have the census, except for the 1890 census, it was burned, so there's no 1890 census. Um Oh, Gray site records are useful. Church records. We really rely on Catholic records, where I'm from, because we have a really heavy Catholic population. Because we were, mm. you know, and where I'm from, instead of being a British colony, we were a French colony for a long time. So we find uh, Catholic records. Uh, sometimes historic newspapers help, but don't expect it to be like a, an obituary like you would see today. You might see a passing comment where they paid their taxes. There are uh, records from the 1800s, like in my department, where we can actually see marriage. We have microfilm marriage records, ah. interment records, wills, te- uh, wills, uh, some land plots. Some of it, too, people have to kind of get out of their comfort zone and go and have that awkward conversation at the courthouse. <laughs> Mm. with usually people who can be very mean. I know that kind of seems like a overarching. I, I've just had a lot of weird experiences at the courthouse researching. So Aww. so, so, so there, there's just uh, different things. Sometimes you might luck out and there's a book that was published in the 1990s that someone had referenced a record that doesn't exist anymore. Say it was destroyed in a hurricane or a fire or something like that but it's it's sitting there on a random shelf in some library just waiting to be found
0: whoa that is Mm -hmm. interesting and i did not know you're teaching me so much that the the census was burnt in 1890 like everything Mm -hmm. was destroyed
1: there's only maybe a few fragments of it but yeah the 1890 census does not exist
0: oh that sounds like a conspiracy theory.
1: <laughs> so, I well, I, I'll have to tell you about some from from my department. We have.
0: <laughs> oh yes, please do. We'll talk off air because this is interesting. Yeah, we we'll okay. have to talk
1: off air on so, that one.
0: But <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay. Whoa, holy moly. Okay, that's that's awesome. So, oh my goodness, I'm still thinking about that. Okay, <laughs> when. Okay, how far back can y'all go? Like cuz he said 1800s have census. So how far back is it possible to even find out a name, let alone anything else?
1: Uh so I have people uh and actually have a great my great uncle claims he's gone back to charlemagne but i'm not sure on that one <laughs> it gets oh. a little precarious after after that we can definitely i have definitely seen people easily where i live go back into the 1700s late 1600s uh-huh. um and some of it's just a special case because where i live and it just depends on to where you live as well and where they came came from uh mm. also if they have any revolutionary past. There's a organization called the DAR Daughters of American Revolution. You have to like match yourself with someone who fought in the American Revolution. So if they had any links with that, there's more than likely to be records because that organization makes such a push to keep, you know, the genealogy fresh <laughs> and Aww. keep it up to date. So it just depends. I've seen I did have a cousin. I was very lucky. Uh, before I was a school librarian, I did work in the department I've, I work in and run now for a year. And the woman I worked, one of the women I worked with was my grandmother's second cousin. And she had oh, traced wow. one side of our family all the way back. Uh, she went to, like, she took a train to Quebec back in the 80s to research. <laughs> like she was wow. hard, hardcore. So I have a lot to to thank, you know, Miss Mary Louise Atkinson for for doing that. And she also had stories about, like, my great-great-grandparents that were just nuts that i never would have known
0: if wow. i hadn't talked
1: to her so um it just it, it's really uh, interesting and then once you get back to like the seventeen, eighteen hundreds, 1800s a lot of us you know especially if you're talking american and canadian genealogy we came from somewhere else oh yeah so then you get yeah, into absolutely. like language barriers and <laughs> and uh passenger lists and stuff like that
0: wow okay that is pretty cool so and how cool is that that you worked with your your grandmother's second cousin
1: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm she's my grandmother's second cousin yeah she uh how amazing yeah she is interesting she started working in the library at like the circulation for the library in the eight like later on like and then she uh worked there from like the 80s all the way through katrina and then her last few years they transferred her and had her in local history she would just talk to all our patrons and they could like if it was from a local family she could just tell you all about them
0: <laughs> wow that's so cool yeah she was like a walking like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, she, I,
1: I, she was she wasn't a was walk walker and everything by then but oh. she was like sharp mentally but i would have to go like if she needed like microfilm or something or something from the back i'd have to go fetch it <laughs> fetch oh it my
0: god <laughs> that's so fun <laughs> Uh, and I just want to tell you that I love your energy. You have awesome energy. Just wanted to let you know. So um, yeah. you're welcome. Uh, let me ask you a question. Okay. So this is a controversial subject. I don't even really talk mm-hmm. about these kind of subjects, but do you feel like high schools teach 100% accurate history um, of like the country or the world? Do you think that's accurate? No.
1: Okay. No. um, I don't either. (laughs) But I was wondering. I will say, in fairness, they have a short amount of time. Now that, you know, since No Child Left Behind, they, like, are stuffing these kids with just test facts, basically, so they can regurgitate them back onto a test. So there's that problem. And then also, there's actually, there's a lot of controversy now with, like, teaching race, you know, race theory and things like that. And all that matches with history. Um, Yep. There's a lot. And actually, I was really lucky uh, when I was studying my master's and oh, no, my master's, my undergraduate. So the, the university I went to from undergraduate is a very um, it was started out as a teacher's college. So a lot of their liberal arts classes kind of connect like you could take them as a teacher as well. If you're going to teach high school, we have a Mississippi history class. I don't know if they still teach it. I think they might have moved it to a different grade i think it might teach it in eighth grade now or something but they used to teach it okay. in ninth grade as a half credit class and i took the basically the college version of mississippi history and they definitely left a lot out <laughs> on mine uh, yeah. in my mississippi history class especially related to like you know jim crow and uh race, you know race relations and things like that
0: yeah so my uh, my boyfriend is from Meridian, Mississippi, and so he tells me a lot of stories that I am like utterly shocked by. Just mm-hmm. just shocked, and even into the eighties and nineties of how it is, and like even being in the South is so different for me because I was living in Maryland, and then I lived in. Um, Ohio which is actually on like close to the Mason-Dixon line so that's a touchy subject (laughs) like that's weird uh, area too and -hmm. uh, because my family's from West Virginia but Mm -hmm. it was when he tells me some things of how things were happening even in the 80s and 90s I'm like it's like a different world he said they don't it was like no offense I'm not trying to offend you but like uh, where he's from and the communities he's from they didn't it wasn't active history. You know what I'm saying? Like they were still stuck in the past of how mm-hmm. things were and how it's so divided and everything. Even then. And I'm like, that's, it's so sad. And um, so, okay, we'll get off of that because we could go down rabbit holes. But, um, but yeah, it's, people don't know wherever you live and I have listeners in so many countries. So wherever you live, we don't know what people around the globe are going through or in different parts of even the country, even parts of your state in Mississippi, totally different, you know, like Gulf Coast is way different from where he is from and stuff like that. And so sometimes we don't realize what other people are going through. So that's why I talk about kindness because people could be struggling with some really, I mean, poverty, like where oh, he's Poverty from is, very, is so bad yes, in Mississippi. Horrible. And, um, And it's just sad and it's like people are so judgmental and they say like, oh, how can you, you know, be uh, this age and still get government assistance or how can you do this or you're lazy? No, because first of all, you can work 40 hours a week and still not be able to afford to live. So you, you don't judge, you know what I'm saying? Like you judging people like, okay, I'm a big person and they're like, big people are lazy no i bust my butt i run around like crazy mm-hmm. like more than the skinny people they're sitting down i don't sit down so you can't judge a book <laughs> a book by a <laughs> librarian you can't um, <laughs> nope. that was a corny pun nope. i'm sorry uh, oh, yeah people you would be
1: you would be horrified to find out what i make with all the degrees i have because i still live in mainly because one of the reasons is because i still live in mississippi and then just you know, how culture appreciates educators and librarians, but yeah, you would be like absolutely
0: horrible. No, I would. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's not right. It's, it's mm -hmm. anyway. Okay. Again, it'll go down a rabbit hole. Uh, It's not fair. And, um, but I'm thankful that you're doing what you're doing, even though, you know, you're not getting what you deserve. So this is a selfish question. (laughs) Uh, and I'll tell you why in a second. Can you tell us a few facts from World War II that maybe we don't know? Maybe it's like not hidden facts, but like something that's not well known.
1: I have a couple. I, I looked at the questions beforehand, and I was like, you oh. gave them to me." And it's not normally I can fly off the cuff, but there's a couple, uh, so I do have to preface this by saying I did study World War II uh in my master's degree but i studied like scottish women during world war ii Uh, like the ones that were volunteering with the uh, young women's christian association basically so i like social history as a whole anyway um so basically social history is say i got like put in a time machine and sent back i would kind of know how things were going on the day-to-day from a place in the regular people's point of view, that's kind of what social history is. That's just okay. my, so I'm not all stuck on the big battles of, you know, the battles and the troops, no. and the movements yeah. of World War II, but there are some interesting facts. Um, one thing that's locally, a couple of things locally connected, um, the Higgins boats were the ones that were modeled off, the boats they used in the D-Day landing were modeled off the Higgins boats, which are flat bottom bayou boats you're used to, like, go through the swamps in Louisiana. They were perfect oh, cool. for the amphibious landing at the Normandy beaches because they could get the the troops close enough to the beach to let them out. And I think that is one of the reasons that the World War II Museum for America, the National World War II Museum, is in New Orleans.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, how and- cool is that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so I'm, now I'm curious. What tell tell us a fact about the scottish women because again listeners are everywhere like everybody mm-hmm. listen not everybody i wish everybody please listen to this podcast yeah. <laughs> no, everybody know, does not listen yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and hers too yeah we're gonna talk about hers hers too um that's a false claim everybody does not listen but different <laughs> countries do listen so yeah what's a fact about the scottish women that you learned
1: what was in interesting World uh so whenever i was there i like i said chose the young women's christian association and they did all kinds of stuff to volunteer they were a massive organization scotland was still a pretty religious country then not you know the uk and europe is not as religious as it used to be now but back then it was still a really big organization and these women moved some money and these women like did some things so one of the things they did and you know you know you had the classic ymca hostels you think about Mm -hmm. that you know you know we have that still in the u.s well, the Young Women's Christian Association took the lead in creating housing for the Women's Land Army. So what the Women's Land Army was is they would take these women from the cities, these young girls. It was one of the like groups that had the youngest entry age. So you could like join it when you were 16 or 17. The other groups, you wow. had to be older. They would send them out to the farms to replace the field workers so they could go to war, basically. And oh, wow. Scotland is pretty... pretty rural pretty uh you know you know pretty full of you know different farmlands different type of agriculture so the young women's christian association would basically find the houses staff the houses and manage the houses for the women's land army which was pretty cool um and it got really funny because during war There's, you know, people like to party and live hard (laughs) during war. So a lot of, a lot of Polish soldiers were trained in Scotland. So they had a problem with trying to keep the women away from the Polish soldiers. Oh, (laughs) it it was, I read some like, uh, you know, some oral history accounts and it was, it was hilarious. Some of this was funny. Like these, 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 like they had these like stodgy house moms that had to like keep these young ladies (laughs) in line in the countryside. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: women gone wild (laughs) that's so funny oh crap okay this i love this thank you for coming on because i know we're not done but i'm just really excited because i was like no offense everybody that's into history no offense (laughs) i am a nurse so like i'm like my brain isn't like that you know i'm saying we're all different and i'm Mm -hmm. very add so i find this very fascinating so that's awesome that's the whole point don't ever be close-minded that's what my show's about and i was being kind of i'm not being closed minded but mm-hmm. i was thinking like you know hey but your energy is so great so this is so fun and i'm learning so much so don't ever not do something just because you think something before it happens you don't know what's going to happen so that's my mm-hmm. my advice to myself <laughs> okay so now, all righty then, what what are some similarities? So when you're in Scotland, and you said already one thing that the schooling was a year instead of two years. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's intense. And then, what are some other just a couple of things that's different between Scotland and here? It could be anything, culture wise, food wise, history. It doesn't have to all be about history, but anything um, you know, how they, you said they were religious a lot, but what other things kind of differentiate? And I also have an uncle through marriage. Um, he's my aunt's husband. He is from Scotland. So, um, how was the language barrier? I know it's English, but the accents are very thick and I feel like they talk Mm -hmm. fast. So was it hard for you to get adjusted at first?
1: Yes and no. So where I lived, I was in Edinburgh, which is the capital. Edinburgh is kind of like their accents are a little less harsh. They still have ah. Scottish accents. But Edinburgh, I find. But what they did was uh, I lived in student housing. Since I was an intern- international student, they guarantee you student housing your first year, basically. So Wonderful. I was living in student housing, great place, literally living next to a castle. Can't make this shit up little literally living next to the castle it was amazing hell yeah On the royal mile which is like the main drag it was old it was like older than the, the country it was older than america this dorm i was living in basically student, student housing and we had uh we'd have you know people that would come to like fix like say like my window seal wasn't sealing right so the gentleman that would come i had no idea what they were saying to me was <laughs> outside the city and like the general Lothian uh-huh. area, no idea. Our cleaning lady. It took me a minute. I eventually caught on to her her accent. Yeah, <laughs> but if you find uh, you find that the Scottish people like depending on it's like anywhere in the U.S. Even southern accents are not all the same. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same with them. Like people from Glasgow are different, sound different than people from Edinburgh. People from the Highlands sound different than you know the people from the lowlands yeah th- well, that that's was interesting
0: <laughs> a, that is interesting but that's a good point because that's how it is in england too so i love adele, adele. okay mm-hmm. um she's Cogni, right so she says like thank you and stuff like that but mm-hmm. there's different and i don't know all of them but there's different um areas and they all have different mm-hmm. accents that are distinct to that area just like you said so when I first talked to someone from Alabama, no offense, Alabama, I did not understand what this guy was saying. I had no clue. And I just moved from the North. And so we didn't speak like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't used to hearing a lot of people from Alabama. So I had to literally ask this guy, sorry, guy, I don't know where he is or what his name is, but I had to ask him to repeat himself like several times because I was trying to be engaged And pay attention, but I just didn't get it. And when I first moved here, nobody understood me. Nobody. So I had patience. I worked in Decatur, Georgia, if y'all ever heard of Decatur. They say Decatur where it's greater. Lots of rappers are from there too, which is cool. Uh, It's a really beautiful town. It has a lot of history there too. But they're like, nobody understood me. I would take care of the patients. I would ask them questions and I would say stuff like home and phone. Okay. People made fun of me. So crazy. So that's how I talked. I'd be like, do you feel safe at home? And they're like, what the heck is a home? They don't know what a home is. Uh, <laughs> that's not a word yeah. to them. So, so therefore, um, um, this lady from Southern Georgia would come translate for me, English to English. She would translate. And I'd be like, really, what's happening? I was so confused. But yeah, that's how it is. Just like um, if you bring somebody from Boston here, they're not going to understand, you know, like we all have different dialects, just like in Germany. I lived in Germany. Love it. I lived in Germany twice. And there's different dialects in Germany. Like, everywhere, every country, I believe, especially Africa, because there's so many countries in um, mm-hmm. the continent of Africa. But even Australia, like, everybody can has a different meaning for things or stuff like that. So, um, that's why you have to be careful when you travel. Because you could offend someone or say something that is uh, not bad where you live. And then they're like oh, that's the worst thing you could ever say. And you're like, what? I didn't know. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. A lot of people ask me if I'm from the South. And I'm like, yeah, obviously. (laughs) It just comes out in different ways. If I'm upset or if I'm worked up about something. And then also where I live, though, there's two different military bases. Okay. a lot of uh, movement where I'm from. So we're kind of watered down a little, I guess you could say, our Southern accents where I'm from.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, no offense. Um, You do not sound like definitely how his family speaks and they're from Mississippi. Um, I couldn't understand my boyfriend for a long time. I mean, (laughs) I'm serious. Like when we first got, got he knows that and, um, and how I speak. And first of all, like I'm white. Well, obviously, hi everybody. I'm white. Uh, I'm white and he's not white. And so he, um, he had never been with somebody that wasn't white. I mean, that wasn't black. So that was hard for us <laughs> to like, not me. Cause I've dated a lot of um, black men. That sounds bad. A lot. Woo. Uh, <laughs> that's a different show. <laughs> I'm so silly. I'm sorry. Um, that's a different show entirely. Uh, so I have dated men. Uh, okay. From that, from um, race, um, African-American men. So, it wasn't different to me but the mississippi the accent and mm-hmm. how his family talks like they cut off the end of stuff yeah. they don't say the last two letters of the words and i'm like what like, like I don't understand. yeah like,
1: and them, like
0: <laughs> yeah and then stuff is like smooshed together and you're just like <laughs> just like i never knew that it was spelled quit men because that's not how it sounds to me. It sounds like, quick. I don't know. Yeah. When he says <laughs> it, I love him. I knew
1: exactly by reading it when you sent yeah. me that email, what it was. <laughs> I don't how... know. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I don't know.
0: And then, so like, I love him. I'm not talking bad about him. He's so smart. He's so intelligent. I'm not talking oh, bad yeah. about anybody. I'm not saying I'm just we, because.
1: We brought that up in our podcast. We said, no matter someone's socioeconomics or the way they speak, it does not yeah. indicate their intelligence. No, it is absolutely not an indicator not. of intelligence for sure. No.
0: Yeah, it it definitely isn't because there's some words that you know, he knows that I might not know, and then there's also slang. So where he's from, he speaks in different terms than I do. That doesn't mean that you don't know what you're talking about because he does. He's very intelligent. He looks everything up. That's what he I mean, he looks every he actually looked into his genealogy too. But um, he looks everything up because he wants to have information. So mm-hmm. he he's very very smart, and his family's very smart. So I you never judge again, librarian, a book by its <laughs> cover because just because people aren't pronouncing the words or I cannot spell, okay? But I'm not stupid. I'm I think I'm smart, but I cannot spell worth a darn. So um, you know that doesn't make you stupid. There's everybody has strengths, and just because we don't speak like each other or the words, or like I said, like they literally cut off letters of the words and say it like different, but that doesn't mean that they don't, they're lack knowledge or they're stupid or they don't understand things. That's just how they speak. And that's okay. We all are different for a reason. If everybody was the same, boring. so boring. Uh. And
1: I was telling someone the other day, actually, I was like, as like, it took a while, but, you know, it took like two Oxford graduate professors, several degrees and learning to be an ESL teacher to take the trailer out of me. So, I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, like you wouldn't know, like speaking to me, I grew up like in a trailer in South Mississippi, you know, so.
0: Yeah. And guess just... what? It's all good. That's what it's made you, you know who right. you are. Right. Yep, That's me. what made you who you are. Who cares? That's the whole point. Nobody mm-hmm. would look at me as a nurse right now, like, and say, that's why I do this. That's why I'm starting to become a speaker and a life coach and all this stuff. And I want to start mm-hmm. talking to high schools. And, mm-hmm. They Nobody would look at me and be like, "Oh, yeah, she lived in a homeless shelter. Yes, I did when I was pregnant with my second one. She has mm-hmm. fifty hundred baby daddies, just joking. I only have a few three that's a lot. um <laughs> you know, like I literally I witnessed my brother commit suicide on the telephone. All these things like you would never know that I went through this stuff, but guess what I did, and each situation made me who I am today. All the things that we go through, you know, like you living in a trailer. A trailer is still a home. Guess what? You can have a happier home in a trailer than people that are in an abusive mm-hmm. relationship in a mansion, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it doesn't matter what you what situation you grow up in. It it matters your your values and your morals and your everything. Like that stuff matters. Like you know, who gives a hoot, nanny, if you if you grew up in a uh, with wolves I'm just joking I'm just, I don't know <laughs> or Mowgli. Or no. whatever. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. who cares um, no Not I'm just great. saying Like, <laughs> yeah but really quick I skipped my grandma dang I'm sad Okay, the reason why I asked about World War II is because my grandmother and my grandfather were both in World War II and that's how they met and she was a nurse and he was a prisoner of war how cool is that and um, <laughs> in Germany she took care of him as a nurse so that's cool and then they found each other in the States. So amazing. So I just wanted to bring that up. That's why I asked about World oh, War yeah, II. Oh, yeah. We love that um, type of
1: stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like all these like connections. There was actually a, a, several big POW camps, German POW camps in Mississippi. I think oh, it was really? Two, three of them. Mm-hmm. And there was one, um, there is a trail you can still take in uh, DeSoto National Forest, Texas Cheney Trail. And there's still like the like these met, like big cement like, slots in a hill. And that was like from the POW camp.
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, That was like one of
1: their work projects, I believe. Mm
0: Wow. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, not awesome that people were prisoners of war. Um, But that's how I was made. Because if my grandfather never went through that, he would have never met my grandmother. Um, Mm -hmm. So there we go. We go through trauma and different situations. And then it can turn into something beautiful. So, um, all right. Now, the library that you work at is um what is it called, and I know you said it's like one of the historic it's like the oldest building or something like that, or
1: uh, it's so oldest my, school? my library uh, whenever I worked in the school system, it was like the oldest like one of the oldest oh. still continuous like oh, used wow. buildings for schools that's a whole other. Podcast oh. I can go on, gone on about, but um, wow. this the library I work at actually is a replacement for Hurricane Katrina, so it's only twenty been built since twenty eleven. 2011, 2011. Uh, it was just completed. So I work for a, a, the Harrison County Public Library System, okay. and I work in the local history and genealogy department, and it's located in downtown Veloxie. The collection is kind of Biloxi-heavy, but we are actually the genealogy department for the county, for the county library system. So we try to help and service everyone where we can. Um, also, I oh, do no. have to say, all these things I've said in the podcast are my beliefs, not my employers. I do have to say that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand.
1: You know, for, uh, as per our HR manual.
0: Yeah, Yes, they do not. Well, you didn't say the name of it, so it's all good. I think you didn't. But that's okay. Um yeah, so no, these are your beliefs, right? Um so what let me just ask you this just because he told me the effects of Hurricane Katrina on him and you are more on the Gulf Coast. He was in the more of the middle of the state, um closer to Alabama-ish, I think. So how did it affect you Where were you in your studies? Were you abroad when this happened or were you here and were you in Mississippi when Hurricane? I was in,
1: I was in Mississippi. It's a crazy story. Um, Y'all are going to think I'm, I'm dumb, but so I I was in Hattiesburg. Oh
0: my gosh. I know somebody from Hattiesburg. Yeah, okay, I was ahead. in Hattiesburg
1: because I did my four years at the University of Southern Mississippi in Hattiesburg. Yeah. And I came home for Hurricane Katrina because I didn't know what else to do because my family, I guess, goes down with the house. <laughs> I was lucky because Aww. my family, no one in my immediate, immediate, well, my uncle, but um, my like parents and my grandparents did not lose their homes. So I do have to preface this, but I stayed with who is my, my husband. I stayed with his family and Aww. that house while we were all in it, it's a two-story house flooded about three feet with us inside Mm. so that was pretty it was pretty nuts there was um they live in a cul-de-sac and basically this is the error the the fatal error a lot of people made that we also made was that oh it didn't get the water didn't get that high on in hurricane camille which was the big hurricane that hit 69 and they were pretty, they're pretty high on a hill. Like if you see for, for South Mississippi is pretty flat. They're kind of have, they're mm-hmm. kind of built up on a hill. And uh, it was crazy because the pier from the, from the, from the Air Force base across the bay washed up. All the houses at the end of the cul-de-sac were slabs. Oh. It was, it was nuts. And there was, uh yeah, there, people died in those houses, like, <sighs> four, you know, like five houses down. So it was mm. um. It was a terrible uh it was such a terrible thing. And then you have a guilt afterwards if your house like is still standing. Right. But but you're still dealing with all these feelings because there's still a lot of loss even if you didn't lose your physical house. There's a lot of loss of memories, places you grew up, uh the way things are. It still doesn't look the same and it's been, you know, 15 plus years.
0: Well, I'm so sorry um I'm sorry that, you know, that happened and so many people lost their lives and it was just, it was horrific seeing it from, you know, especially New Orleans and seeing it from the outside and seeing it on cameras and seeing people float by and seeing just, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. people people on top of houses and asking for help or like all the people and the pets that died and just, it's, mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's devastating. And, um. You know, I'm sorry that that happened, but then I know that, oh my gosh, I think like even New Orleans, they're still trying to rebuild, like still doing, like you said, Mm -hmm. it's not the same. So wow and i bet you did you guys lose a lot of history in the hurricane Mm -hmm. i mean like yeah wow
1: yeah there's there's several layers on on the gulf coast where i live where we've lost history one was Hurricane camille in 69 and then they did something called urban renewal especially in the city of biloxi in the 70s so what that was was redoing the streets making like these bigger like blockier buildings they bulldozed several really cool old buildings that it just makes me cringe thinking that we don't Aww. have those anymore and then um and then hurricane katrina so it's kind of a game we play in my department where it's was like was it camille katrina or urban renewal that did that building oh, no. did that building in
0: <laughs> oh no it's a bad game that's not a good game
1: <laughs> it it's not a good game but um oh, but you know God. there there are things like um so my department got heavily damaged during Hurricane Katrina. But when it was started, it was started in the public library uh, by a woman named Marilla Powell. She's still she's still kicking. She's still around. But she retired right before Katrina in 2005. So that department in the Biloxi Library and Cultural Center, it was, like, shared with a museum at the time. Mm-hmm. It was a really modern building. It, and basically, the collection was stuffed wherever it could fit. So when the building was named on. Un- salvageable basically they built a new building and when they built that building they actually made us like an actual proper archive like so we have a proper archive room with collapsible shelving a fire suppression system a reading room patrons can come and sit in so there's i guess you'd say there's like a silver lining in it because we're better equipped now at least to hold what we can we salvaged and what we get from here on out
0: well yeah like unfortunately like what what i was talking about is like when situations happen it doesn't ever fix what you know we can't bring back the lives that were lost or the information Mm -hmm. that was lost but you do learn from it hopefully and then you can grow and you can change and you can try to prepare for the future so you know um now i think that's so cool that you were in vietnam okay what is a CELTA certificate. And how long were you in Vietnam teaching English? I know you came back and did it online, I guess, but how long Mm -hmm. were you physically there?
1: I was in Vietnam physically three months. It was back in 2017. And my house, like just this particular pocket of where I live, the house values weren't going up. (laughs) Like our house value was too low to sell. Like I think we would have been a lot of money in the hole if we'd sold our house. Because what the plan was, was I would go set up in Vietnam and then my husband would sell everything, store, whatever, sell the house and meet me like within six months. But within Mm -hmm. three months between my car value and the house value, it just was not going to happen. So I came back and then, you know, how adult life happens. I've lost several grandparents since then. Um, Several crazy things have happened to my family since then so here I am and then my after doing all the online teaching I'm burnt out on teaching so my priorities have kind of changed since about 2020 so but the CELTA is basically a, a Cambridge teaching certificate for teaching English to other like lang- people speakers of other languages it's mainly awesome. for adults but if you want to go work at a language center for children that's what they take overseas <laughs> oh, wow. so they do different pop-up campuses and they have a couple of places in bigger cities like. New York, Chicago, Los Angeles that are, you know, always doing courses, but they have a pop-up course in Phoenix and my best friend slash one of my podcast co-hosts lives in Phoenix. So I went and stayed with her. I finished my last year, you know, as a school librarian, I packed up a few days later and went and stayed with her for four weeks to do my Celta. So I would just get on the, the Metro from Tempe and drive and take the <laughs> Metro into downtown Phoenix and do the coursework for that. And it's it's nice. It doesn't expire. It's kind of expensive, but it it's a nice it's a nice little like piece of paper to have because it, it 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 gave me the option to not just work at international schools, but wow. to look How at awesome. jobs overseas.
0: <laughs> You're so smart. Listen here, people that live in trailers, that does not define you. <laughs> I almost got a trailer a long time ago. My kids were like going to be ashamed of it. Guess what? You got a house. You got water. Mm-hmm. You got food. You got heat. All the things you need. You got clothes. Get over it. Oh, sorry, that's not nice. It was a um, good.
1: But- it was a good example. My parents worked really hard, and we they built their dream house, like uh, yeah. on family land, like a little further north in the county when I was in about fourth or fifth grade. So that was like a good example. Beautiful. To have as Well, it also yeah. makes me appreciate the house I'm in now. I am very fortunate. I love my house, but a lot of People I know have a mentality of like, they have to keep up with the, keep up with everyone, get the bigger house, mm-hmm. build the house, buy the land, build the house. Yeah. And besides dealing with my HOA and our physical location, I love our house. Like I am happy to be here.
0: <laughs> awesome. That's so wonderful. See, I love it. And it gives you, yeah, you know, like you have, like I said, you have some great energy and just like, you're so smart. You're so knowledgeable and you are so humble. You're not like, I know all this stuff and and you don't know Dilly Squat. You know, I don't know who says Dilly Squat. I do. But uh <laughs> and I also say Hoot nanny. Ask anybody that knows me if they say hoot nanny. No, they don't. They're like, the what? What's a nanny? What's a hoot nanny? Um I say whatever I want. Be yourself, everybody. That's what you I do. I be myself. Okay. So, uh see that wasn't proper English. I be myself. Um but I I do be myself. Okay? <laughs> all right. Now. I'm so silly. Really silly. I I I like to be silly though because it helps me get through the uh the times. And I have kidney stones right now, so it oh, does no. not feel good. Yeah, oh, it's all no. good. Uh <laughs> Okay, so tell me the most interesting fact about Mississippi. That you know, it could be Gulf Coast anywhere, and I don't care where it is in Mississippi. What is the most interesting fact or your favorite fact about Mississippi?
1: Uh, well, I know more about like the Gulf Coast than I okay, do. Okay, yeah, Gulf that's weather, fine. You know, but there's some interesting things. Uh, our man made beach is the longest man made beach in the world, it's oh. 21 miles from Ocean Springs to Henderson Point and past Christian. But that's kind of interesting. Bark Spruce Beer was, was founded and bottled in Biloxi originally. Oh. until they sold it to coca-cola in the 90s and so there's several different right. uh <laughs> different interesting things there's a lot of um uh, one interesting fact related to world war ii so we know that during world war ii the japanese people along the west coast were interned in camps in the middle of the u.s oh. so by wow. fdr fdr did a lot of good things this was not one of them for sure And he, anyway, there was, um, there were two units of Japanese American soldiers trained and one of them was trained in Camp Shelby. Wow. Which is in uh, right south of Hattiesburg.
0: Oh, wow. How cool. There's a lot of famous, not that that being famous is, um, you know, the most important thing. There's a lot of famous, awesome people that are from Mississippi. And I only know that now because I date a guy. Of course, from Mississippi. Has he told you about Morgan greens. Freeman? No, did he? Morgan Maybe. Freeman.
1: Morgan Freeman he has did. he has a blues club in the Delta, and he just opened one in downtown Biloxi called Ground Zero.
0: Oh, that's so doing awesome! A blues I festival
1: this weekend, but I don't know. <laughs> it's supposed to be oh. tomorrow, so. <laughs> oh, that'll be club. fun though. That's mm-hmm. so
0: cool! I didn't know. I think I knew he was from there. There's a lot of people from even where he uh david ruffin is from meridian mississippi yeah. yeah so um he tells me like stuff like facts like that and i'm like that is so cool so um because no offense i never heard of meridian before or any of the things you're saying how does work well now i have because every time somebody says they're from mississippi now i say where are you from because he's from there <laughs> but i knew jackson mississippi i think that's the only place i knew back in the day but um that's the thing that's really cool is that when you expand yourself and you talk to different people, you can learn so much and it's really fascinating how connected we all are though. So it really doesn't matter, you know, where you're from or like what your background is. Cause his background is entirely different than mine, but we have so much in common. Like we are connected mm-hmm. on a level that I've never been connected with anybody else. So that stuff, if you let those things bother you or, or you know, halt you from being a friend with somebody or being whatever or whatever, like, that's silly. Because you might be missing out on something amazing. You could make history together. Boom, boom, boom. Corny. That's I so know
1: fun. some people, there's been some weird matches. Like, you would be surprised. Um, my favorite local uh, person that's famous is Robin Roberts. She's from Past Christiane, which is in the same really? county as me. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, awesome. That's so cool. So, um, I love, I love that. Now, I love the name of your podcast and I can kind of guess where you, (laughs) how did you come up with it? I mean, common sense tells me, but what was your inspiration or who Is your mom mom, mom, however, you say. Uh, What was your yeah, mammal? Uh what what they say that in West Virginia too, however you say. But what is what's your who is she and like what was your inspiration for calling it to this?
1: So it's so I always have some kind of weird like hustle idea in my mind. Some of them have come to fruition, (laughs) some of them have just hung out in the back burner. Um so don't tell mama originally I thought would be like a YouTube. Thing where I cooked like recipes that were healthier versions of what our grandmas would cook in the South, and then I just like that's too much work. But my best friends and my two best friends are sisters, Katie and Leah. They've moved away, and I miss them every day. It's just not the same being the one like left behind here, if that makes sense. (laughs) And so Leah lives in Phoenix, Katie now lives in Virginia, and. I, I had the idea of us to do the podcast and use that same name because I've always liked that name to talk about growing up on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, growing up in the South, being like millennial women, and also kind of how what we grew up with or what the, how the past is changing into the future and what we should kind of keep from the past and what should we discard and move on from into the future. So we've talked about all kinds of things. We've talked about hosting, we've talked about the holidays in different capacities. We've done ghost stories just for fun. We've talked about hurricanes. We've talked about Mardi Gras, which is a big thing where I'm from. We just, we've had guests, we've had friends. We have this one series I really liked last spring called from Mississippi will travel where we found friends or people that we've connected with online that are from Mississippi, but have traveled kind of like I have to talk about their experiences and we just uh you know we just have a good time and it is a way we keep connected like we we split the work three ways so i don't have to edit every episode oh
0: nice help,
1: you know they help find guests we take turns uh we make scripts together and it's just a really it's been such a fun project and it keeps us together
0: oh that's so sweet i didn't know mm-hmm. it was that sentimental that's awesome mm-hmm. first of all i love the idea that you had with the with the recipe thing maybe you should eventually do that if you have time yeah um because because that's such a smart idea because he talks about like again no offense to mississippi but if you look it up it's like one of the top obesity states like for because of the the food that they that they consume yeah (laughs)
1: vegetables have meat in them (laughs) (laughs) that's right you can't be a venture I bet oh, they real yes. really good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like- As they said, yeah, I feel bad for being, see, I'm lucky. Look, nobody take this the wrong way. You might, I don't know. I'm lucky. I'm glad that I'm a white woman that puts seasoning in food because,
1: <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> because like we have this thing. It's really funny. Like he just said it the other day and I don't want him to, he's, he's not racist. He loves me, but he is not used to, you know what I'm saying? It's been four years. He's still not used to stuff we got food from somewhere. And he said something about, it seems like your cousin made this or something. And it meant that, that He doesn't even know my cousin, but he just meant like, there's not, a, I said, it's not seasoned. And he goes, nope. And so, so that's the thing, right? So his uh-huh. family, yes, they cook so well. Like his, he grew up with a lot of family members because of his Situation, and so his like aunt, aunt, um, anime, and like Big Mama, and all these people, and so like the food and stuff, and then I'm like, I cannot cook like that, but you know, you, it's okay. So he also is part Jamaican, so I have to, I've tried to make things, but guess what? I found out, everyone, that restaurants have it, so I just buy it at the restaurant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You probably (laughs) find it in Atlanta.
0: oh yeah we do there's a lot of um, Jamaican yeah so Mm -hmm. that's the thing I love about Atlanta so history wise there's a lot of history and U.S. stuff that happened in Atlanta that is good and bad uh, sad and different things but it's amazing like Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, house the childhood home is here I want to go there um the civil Rights, there's a Civil Rights Museum. There's um I think there's even like a Holocaust museum. There's so many, like right around me. Like everything is so close. And um and so yeah, there's so many awesome things. The the Olympics was here, so we get to walk by. The Olympic rings are out in Centennial mm-hmm. Park. It's really cool. Um, okay. So that's really sweet that you stay connected to your friends, and also because editing is not my jam. That you get to share the editing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then one of my friends, her husband is a guitar player. Like he's a professional, like oh. he, he has a master, like a PhD in classical guitar. And so he is a boss with sound editing, like a oh, boss wow. with sound ed- So if we have an issue with sound, we just give it to him and he, he handles it.
0: <laughs> That's beautiful. Connections are awesome. Like it's really good to have connections with people. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Now i love names and now what in the world is <laughs> what in the hoot nanny is yeah. my sassy starfish i'm just joking <laughs> everybody i'm just joking yeah. everybody okay what is it about
1: so that one is like one of my old long-term projects i think i started it back in like 2013 and originally it uh-huh. started out for me just to like show in like finds of old stuff i found like home stuff like antique and uh-huh. talk, and then it's kind of molded to where I was talking about some genealogy, talking about some history, some Gulf Coast stuff. Then I started talking about mindfulness and it's just kind of, I haven't updated it. I think what I'm going to do with it is maybe just use it as a personal one later. And I, there's a couple of other things I did. Um, I do have a couple of other URLs I would like to use, like to just talk about history, for example, or just talk about genealogy. So eventually, if you check it, it'll probably just be split up some of the ideas. But I would just talk about whatever. I went really, really into it for about six months in 2019 and 2020. And then, like, algorithms changed, and I just got fed up, (laughs) to be honest with (laughs) you. We can have real talk about that. Like, you could be doing really good, and one source of traffic can be, like, sending a lot of readers your way, and then it'll just go
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. That's the I haven't figured this out yet. The um,
1: <laughs>
0: the algorithms. No, I really haven't. So, why is it called? So it's about old things and different things. But why did you name it? Because sassy is fun. I love sassy. My daughter is so sassy. Uh, but why did you name it Sassy Starfish? I'm very curious about this. What is that just... significance? What does it mean? You just like starfish. No.
1: I like starfish I like I've always liked stars over anything so yeah like I just I'm also like I don't know, I'm always like I'm trying to think of a way to explain I like things that are kind of popular but kind of not so like when everyone maybe you might be around the same age as me when everyone was into like the butterfly clips I like yeah. dragonflies for example oh. <laughs> I don't I've always liked stars and starfish uh, we don't have a lot of starfish we do have them where I live we don't have that many I think I've only seen maybe one, like when we were on the boat a long Aww. like a while while ago, but it's just a quirky, like fun name. I thought it was kinda catchy and I just went with it.
0: <laughs> of course it's catchy. I love it. It's amazing. Yes. <laughs> I just didn't know if it like like one time I saw a starfish and it changed my life. I don't know. I just yeah, didn't know because I like some Is it
1: that is that thoughtful no, but I just you... go over the <laughs> <laughs> that's okay
0: title. <laughs> hey don't worry so all of my titles have like 500 words in it and it's not very fun um and uh it's even my emails like my emails are like 12 words long and people are like seriously i'm like yes um so yeah so it's all good it doesn't matter all right so you are so cool i love that you're very unique and that's the thing—you don't have to be exactly like everybody. That's again mm-hmm. boring. So, so we don't
1: all have to be one thing. Like I teach, no. you know, English online most mornings, and then I go do the history stuff and <laughs> do the podcast or whatever.
0: <laughs> so my—I um, know someone that's an ESL teacher in high school in North Carolina. So, what is your favorite thing about being an ESL teacher?
1: We're going to talk about different perspectives. If anyone has any preconceived negative thoughts about different cultures, be an ESL teacher and they will blow it, blow you away, no matter where that child is from. Cause it's uh, like, you know, there's a lot of prejudice, I think now in the U S against Muslim people. Oh yeah. And, it's and I have sad. one, I have one little student from uh, Algeria and that is the sweetest family. Oh. That the mom is the nicest, like, and all my parents are stupid stupid nice but this mom is like super nice like she's they say the sweetest things and like are so kind and like accommodating and and then i've taught um a lot of students uh i began with but all chinese students originally when i began teaching wow now i still have some chinese students but my husband and i went to china in 2019 and they hosted like they like took us around some of my the different families and they put Southern hospitality to shame, which says a lot. Wow. How? L-
0: listen here. Don't you bring up that you lived in a trailer? You've been to more countries than people have been to states. <laughs> You're awesome. That's so cool. That's so cool <laughs> was, to like, uh... <laughs> yeah, to be able to travel to different countries and make an impact everywhere and get to meet amazing mm-hmm. people. That's mm-hmm. a beautiful, that's so beautiful. I'm so Happy to have met you, Mandy. Where can we mm-hmm. find you? So you mentioned your podcast. Like, mm-hmm. is it, what, what um, streaming devices, are, what is it on?
1: Currently it's on almost everything popular, like Spotify, Apple Podcast. Um, we we host through Anchor, so you can watch, listen okay. online through the web browser, anchor.fm back uh, slash don't tell mom We also have um, our social media. We do have uh, like, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, We have an open Facebook page. We also have a group that's a closed group. All you got to do is answer one question to join it and agree to the rules called Don't Tell Momal Magnolia Lounge. And that's kind of like our community where I share like quirky Gulf Coast things. (laughs) Like this morning I shared uh, where I'm from regionally. There's a lot of Croatian immigrants back in the turn of the late 1800s, early 1900s. Uh, I even could trace my fa- one side of my family to the Croatian immigrants, and they do something called pusharatas for Christmas, and pusharatas are like a fried fruitcake donut kind of thing. Oh. It's really good, but they're very specific to either celebrations or holidays, but I just saw a fundraiser the Wildlife Rehabilitation Group is doing called pusharatas for possums. so that went on the group this morning, because oh that is God. the most- for Propossum! Golf- for possums oh <laughs> my gosh so we're on uh, yeah, don't tell moma magnolia lounge uh you can find me at uh my instagram my sassy starfish i i i would say my preferred method of communication with people is instagram just because i feel like people are a little kinder on instagram than other places Aww. on the inter- like internet
0: <laughs> yeah other internet yeah there's all kinds of stuff now i like um i like instagram okay so do you have like a website or anything for i don't know if you do but or anything mm-hmm. like
1: yep, that have, or, um okay. my sassy com, and any other projects i'm doing i put on tabs on that you could go go awesome. to the tabs and it'll kind of send you off to wherever else you can find me
0: okay so you are fascinating Mandy, this is so cool. I'm so excited. So <laughs> Thank you. You're yeah. so fun. This was, this was very fun. Again, no offense. I had like a, like, I don't ever judge because I, I just love going with the flow. So I love, mm-hmm. you know, talking to anyone. So, but I was thinking like, how would I, like, what, like when you come up with questions, or like what am I going to ask someone? But then I read your bio and I'm like, holy shnikes. Like, she's awesome. Like, you know, but if you like, Oh, I'm a history major and that's all you told me, then I wouldn't know what to delve into. But so I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. And there are listeners everywhere. I'm trying to think Algeria. So I had a boss that um, was from Algeria, but so far, Nobody from Algeria has listened. So shout it out and share it to your um your people. Um Cameroon has listened before. I'm trying to think of Scotland. Um, I don't know. Anyways, it might come but, into yeah. the United
1: Kingdom. Like it might in your stuff. Like about this United okay. Kingdom in your stats, okay. maybe. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, that's so cool. So anyway, I'm excited that you have traveled the world. That is so fun and that you've learned stuff from everywhere and that just that just shows everyone. So like the fact that you brought up that you grew up, you know, the first few years in a trailer but look at where all oh, have you've gone. It doesn't matter. Your your situation or your circumstance or your location at the time does not ever tell you what your destination is going to be. All of us could have amazing destinations but we've been through hell and back to get to it right so Mm -hmm. it's not really the journey it's just like the destiny where'd you get to what are you doing now and you're really making a difference and helping people and you know way too much information i'm just
1: joking
0: (laughs) i know it's like you're
1: you're like my brain sometimes is like (laughs) bumping around
0: Yeah, well that's how mine is, but I think it's just the ADD, but it's not facts. It's just like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. I don't know what it was in there. What mm-hmm. right, what's happening in there, but uh no, but that's amazing. And the fact that you remember all this stuff, I am impressed, for real. <laughs> so, I think you're awesome. This was so fun and you have like great energy, beautiful smile. You just seem like such a good person, and it's so great that you're helping all these kids doing uh you know english as a second language that's what esl stands for right so Mm -hmm. and just teaching history and all the things that you're doing being a librarian so cool connecting with your friends on your podcast and and just awesome like live your dreams and keep keep coming up with your cool names and doing what you got to do right so thank you so much i really appreciate you for coming on And, uh, sorry. I'm like, woo! I'm, I'm so silly, but (laughs) (laughs) sometimes it's a little too much for people. Of course. Thank you. And I would like to talk to you again and, um, and, uh, about some other stuff. So if you ever go out past the, well you do, but past the Gulf coast, I would be interested in asking you some questions about other places. I was born in Hawaii too. So that's cool. Um, but, uh, Sure, there's a lot of history there, but I also like we'll talk again. But I wanted to ask you about the Native American like history that which is like so prominent there in Mississippi. Mm. But we'll just one. I forgot to ask you. So, how many was it? Would it be tribes? I know that's African, but like what are they called? Like um, uy. So I know a lot of the towns they are call named them nations after now nations. Okay. So, um, like Shibuta, isn't that a Native American or like a lot of them are? A lot of them are.
1: I can tell you locally, some of ours. Okay. uh, is named after the Native American tribe. But what's interesting is the Biloxi tribe is a different language group. So they came from somewhere different than the other tribes in Mississippi, like the Creek, Choctaw, uh, Chickasaw, and, um, Cherokee, uh, and i think pascagoula is another one we have a patron that has been studying archaeology for a long long time and he told me about you know when the explorers came there were probably like a good 17 different native american groups on the gulf coast and most of them were actually uh they kind of were where they would go from place to place they would just come in the winter to like fish and to get the you know wow. oysters and things like that, and they would move move on. Um, yeah, the Tunica-Biloxi are still a tribe. They are a nation. They are located actually now in an island in Louisiana that is sinking. So there is definite oh. need for their for their their tribe to, their nation to move because the like how much land the Louisiana you know the South Louisiana is losing due to different things. Um, there's a lot of, we have a, we have a river called Cheetah Kabuff, And if you tried to spell it, <laughs> it's, it's wow. it was like a spelling word. Like when you like the bonus spelling word, when you were in fifth grade here, <laughs> it probably <laughs> means broken pot. Possibly. Uh, I asked the same gentleman that question. Wow. Um, there's a lot of different, uh, different words. Pascagoula as well is named after the native American tribe that was there. There's, there's a lot, but there's a lot of, a lot of Native American names, but then where I live too, there's a lot of French names as well.
0: Yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's so awesome. I I'm sad, would have been sad if I skipped over that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's sad that a lot of those nations are not, you know, that is very sad, but oh, we talk about history and that's another thing that they don't teach is the what really, you know, mm-hmm. went down? Obviously,
1: because we oh. still have Christopher Columbus Day, and we have, and the way we oh. still celebrate and teach Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> Skibbity boo! I know. I just said like the other day, like my daughter didn't have off for it, but it still said Columbus Day on the calendar, and I was like, wait a minute, I thought we were, you Don't know, going away <laughs> with that, but uh, I guess not. Uh, so that's the sad thing is that. History, I think, is altered to fit a certain person, you know. I'm not trying to <laughs> get it too much into that. But anyway, so, yeah, there's a lot of awesome Native American nations that are still around. And so, the county that's next to me, like, literally, I can walk there in two seconds. I'm, like, right beside another county, and it's Cherokee County. And that's mm-hmm. right where I am in Georgia, so... We probably have some names here that I didn't know were Native American names, but I definitely knew that about Mississippi because my boyfriend told me. Because he would say all these names and I would feel bad because I would say, what kind of name is that? And he's like, don't say that. It's a Native American. I'm like, oh, sorry. But it's just something I never heard of, you know. Um, And so it's really, that's a beautiful thing, though, that they named those um, cities and towns after them so because it's a shame what happened um and that happens in so many countries you know mm-hmm. and uh my ex-boyfriend from Ghana used to tell me about Italy and Sicily and what happened when they would go to Africa and I'm like huh like that's so sad mm-hmm. and you know we don't get taught all these things um so-, so anyway well thank you for looking up and knowing real history you know and it's <laughs> important that that people have an understanding of uh facts that even though some of them are very tragic, some are horrific and all those things, but things that really truly happened, I think as time goes on, they <clears throat> excuse me, my voice, they um have we've they've made movies about really amazing people in history, um, and a lot of them have been African Americans, but that you didn't even know about and it's mm-hmm. like how did this happen in 1960 and i just found out about it in 2011 or whatever and mm-hmm. uh or 15 or whatever year and it's just like it's sad but at least people are doing the research right so yeah. the information's available and people are doing the research and so be it a you know a author or a film maker director whatever they're starting to find things out or people are coming to them and saying, "Hey, do a story on so and so." And so I think that is absolutely uh important and necessary for like you said with the people with the genealogy for it to go on and for that to be a thing. So it doesn't so it's like we don't even know about it one day. That would be horrible if nobody ever found mm-hmm. out about you know so anyways i just went off on a tangent uh oh, that yeah. happens a I, tell, lot.
1: <laughs> I tell people all the time i tell my my two so i yeah my my two workers that i actually just recently got promoted to over the department like back in August. so my two workers under me i was like i appreciate it. it was a long time <laughs> that's a whole yeah. other story but my co-workers i tell them i'm like what we do matter to people, you know, what we do, yes. you know, I've had people trying to reconnect with lost loves. I've had the DNA yeah. tests now are so popular that my daddy, I thought was my daddy, wasn't my daddy. Now I got to redo my, Oh yeah, you know, search, search for yeah. my real daddy. There's all kinds of different things. Um, there's a lot of people that were stationed in, you know, on the Gulf coast through Keesler that had fond memories. They want to go see if their house that they stayed in with their family or when they were stationed here is still standing. We get a lot of those requests and oh. uh, trying to find the locations of people buried in certain cemeteries, uh, which matters because some some people, it's closure yeah. for them. It does
0: matter. You're making a difference and um, and you're helping people, like you said, closure is important, You know, I just talked about it. Um, I actually was just interviewed on a, literally this morning, on a grief (laughs) podcast. Oh, yeah. And uh, she talked about, she asked me about my brother's death. And so, you know, he committed suicide and I witnessed it via telephone. And so that, like, forgiveness is important, but closure is also important But she talked about, like, was lost, like, how do you get, like, the person's gone, you know, so that's really important to be it, like, information that they thought was, could be true and might be, you know, like, that stuff is important. I watched that show, who is that, I love that guy, he's bald with glasses. And he does and he does the um ancestry with the celebrities. Yeah,
1: is it um who do you think you are or something like that? Yeah, Yeah, it's the it's like the show. I always cry. Like Mm -hmm. I'm like,
0: oh because it's so amazing. Like it's like it goes back so far. And my Mm -hmm. daughter's teacher from last year, she told me what? Not 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 the teacher, my daughter. Hmm great 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 something like that lots of greats their great grandfather was on the mayflower or something yeah so I was like whoa like great 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 whatever and um so and there's some history that you know we might say like everybody's different and and we might say like oh that's horrible but still being a part of that history unless it's like we don't want to talk about germany and all that stuff that's not good but anyway <laughs> 'Cause I lived in Germany and that stuff was uh horrific too.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Really? So
0: yeah. Sometimes you might well, find out Crow, something that
1: Jim Crow was oh, pretty man. horrific. Yeah. Oof. Oof. It was so bad. Um.
0: Oh. But yeah, you might find out something that you're like, my family was part of that. Oh boy. Um, but it's the truth, you know? It's like it's part of but that's not how you are, right? So even if you find out something negative or mm-hmm. bad, um, that doesn't define who you are, but it gives you some side of like, could give you information mm-hmm. to something, you know what I'm saying? And be like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so all of it is fascinating. And everything. And working
1: where we work, we have to have two mm-hmm. sets of gog- like goggles on. We have to look at it from mm-hmm. the perspective of the time. We have to look at it from our yeah. perspective, looking back, and it doesn't make it okay. This is I'm going to preface this because it could come, right. come out wrong, but I've told this story several times on my podcast and another podcast. Like I had a great grandfather who was county supervisor for thirty something years. He was the president. He was like one of the big people who got the beach going, the man-made beach mm-hmm. going, and he was actually pretty. Uh, I'm trying to. I wouldn't use the word liberal, but he was actually pretty sympathetic to the to the black cause and the black communities. In, oh. in Biloxi, in particular, like, in the parade, like, when they did the parades, he'd get off and, like, shake people's hands on the black side of the neighborhood, he would go, like, to the Catholic Church and, like, sit for, like, you know, like, baptisms and things like that, and there's been a lot, and even we found a newspaper article recently when, uh, the, the, you know, the group of civil rights, you know, activists on the coast were trying to desegregate the beach, basically and he didn't say no we can desegregate the beach desegregate the beach but he at least you could tell he was definitely not the person burning crosses in the yards he was like i'm very sympathetic i want us to live peacefully together i think maybe we could consider consider giving them a part you know to go to like i said not perfect he definitely did blackface shows too but for what i've been told by multiple people and from reading his you know actually his words in the newspaper it was pretty interesting to see that there was people that kind of fell on a different gray scale than what you read about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. And there was, and there was a lot of people that, you know, stood up for the rights in the South um, of um, black people or helped people or, you know, or at, at the counters with them and all that stuff. And so that, you know, it's all important. It's sad that, Ugh, that that happened so sad mm-hmm. that people I said am not treated. making it
1: okay I'm not making yeah, it okay yeah, that no. he was no, at I'm blackface shows fact. or anything like that but just that's yeah. just what I know about him
0: yeah you're just but. telling facts I mean and you can't change what happened anyway so mm-hmm. it's like just like people you know um people don't agree with suicide nobody's going to be like suicide's good but when I talk about it you know people can judge me for my brother committing suicide but do it if you want but I'm trying to help people I want to talk to young people and say hey mm-hmm. why do you feel this way why are you know what I'm saying so don't don't worry about that there's nothing you can do a, a, about yeah. yeah so it's like you can't change history literally uh <laughs> yeah exactly another horrible, pun. Uh, <laughs> another horrible one so yeah but I mean like like that's what happened in the church i couldn't say that my brother committed suicide i couldn't say that i couldn't say that and it's like that's my truth that's what happened that's what changed Mm -hmm. some things in my life i almost dropped out of college i wouldn't have became a nurse i wouldn't you know and so but i'm not gonna hide that like yeah it's like shunned like it was so horrible but that's what happened that that's the truth you know and and Again, now I can help people and I maybe help families with like signs and like certain things that happened or how he was acting, but, you know, it might be able to help and help someone or help prevent somebody from doing that. I hope and pray that's one of my goals. And so, you know, I mean, you can't change what happened. What you can do is you can take those facts and you can do whatever with them, but you can't,
1: you can't I tell my say, coworkers all the time, we have to bear witness to this. It's painful. It's painful on us. It actually kind of yeah. can take we actually kind of have to be like almost like medical staff with this when we're reading some of these things that have happened. Cause a lot of people yeah. call us and they want us to research the worst day that happened in this person's life, literally, you know, oh. one of the worst events in these people's lives. Yeah. So we have to like, you know, take it on think about it, research it, but we also have to kind of be able to let it go at the end of the day or we'll go nuts ourselves. It's not the same as dealing like with face-to-face trauma or, you know, people who've been, had these horrible things happen to us, but it's pretty close in the mental space of it because we have to like take Mm -hmm. on, consider what this was like. Uh, And it gets me every once in a while. I do uh, twice a month, uh, not twice a month, twice a week, uh, we do, me and my coworkers put together, Historic photographs from our collection. At the, it's on the Biloxi uh. library Facebook page, and I do a little research on it. My coworker has been doing a huge negative collection from a local photographer. So it runs from late 1950s, early 1980s, forty thousand negatives. Wow. And my coworker's has been scanning and working on this collection for years, and lately that my coworker's been submitting some stuff because I have a hard time finding stuff around the holiday times. Mm -hmm. stuff i want to use for these posts for the holiday time so i got one and it was the cbs and gulfport returning from vietnam it's just a long line of cbs Mm -hmm. returning from vietnam waiting in line coming home for the first time and i'm reading the article and then i realized that they're just home temporarily and they're about to get shipped back and i just started crying like in my office like it just like hit me in the feels that day
0: (laughs) yeah and that's so sweet that's good that you are empathetic. And that's what I need to be as a nurse. And and you're right. So it's it doesn't matter. It doesn't make it better or worse that you're, you're seeing that is you can imagine yourself there, right? So that's what empathy is. That's not any um, different than me when a patient's telling me, hey, I have cancer. Hey, this is happening. This is happening. Da-da-da-da-da. And I can feel it with them or the guy that tried to commit suicide. And I think about my brother and the situation with that. And I try to, you know, it's the same thing. Like even the words, if you're reading words and you can imagine yourself in that state or going through whatever they're going through or whatever, that's, that's a beautiful thing that gives you you're empathetic and you, you're doing a great job. So yeah, it does make you feel some, some kind of way. And You know, unfortunately, I'm so sensitive. Uh, (laughs) So lots of stuff makes me feel a certain way. And I try to be tough in front of people. And just like with you, like if the family members in front of you, you probably won't cry hysterically. But you can when you're thinking about all those things, like you said, or some of the historic things. Like, it's just, I don't know, just all the things. I mean, people went to, so my ex-boyfriend's from Ghana. And he's from Mm -hmm. the capital, Accra. And they, I knew people, which was so crazy in Ohio or Maryland. I think Ohio, maybe or Maryland, Ohio that I'm talking about new Martinsville, Ohio, tiny little town. I mean, West Virginia, my bad new Martinsville, West Virginia, tiny little town. Okay. Lots of people are racist there. That's just how it is. I'm sorry. Um, I have people that listen to it from there and they're, they're just, it's different. So they went to to the slavery camp, like they went and saw them in Africa, in Accra. And I was like, they took pictures. It's, you can p- imagine yourself if you're in this little tiny hole, like, oh my gosh, you know? And so it's a picture, but you can put yourself in that situation, especially if the people are in it and all that, like you saw. So that I think what you're doing again is beautiful work. Keep up the good work. Thank you for helping all these people. Thank you for all your knowledge and your studying and your oh boy and your schooling and you keep going. And I just I'm really proud of you because it takes a lot to to feel that and, and keep going and then because you know what the purpose is, right? So you're like, no, I gotta get this done and I've gotta because mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some horrific stuff that comes up, especially pictures I cannot imagine, like Cause you just can get sick to your stomach and be like, oh my gosh, you know, this really happened. Like it's reality, you know, mm-hmm. and you reading all that history makes it so real and it's, yeah, it's gotta be emotional, but you get through it. So good job. <laughs> I yeah, don't know if I get Yeah, you just it away.
1: It just, yeah, it's, yep. it's, it can be, it can be tough, but yeah Aww. but I'll tell you what nurses and doctors are my heroes I didn't say this in the, for the podcast this is just to side note I had in 2015 um well I had, had medical issues and I was just ignoring them and yeah. I had primary hyperaldosteronism so my body was losing the potassium like losing potassium and keeping uh-huh. sodium oh, no. and I went to the ER thinking my mom thinking my mom took me to the ER thinking I was having a stroke Wow, And through all that, like I had to have so much blood work done and so many tests and different specialists and everything. And it was just like such a a thing. And it was definitely the nurses that got me through that. <laughs> I had the one poor nurse at the end for my doctor, uh, for the endocrinologist I talked to probably every day for like five or six weeks before I could have my surgery.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're okay. And I'm glad they figured it out. Um, yeah, yeah, it's scary it when a you're going more
1: through of things.
0: <laughs> Good, so. yeah, yeah. Seeing a different point of view, like when you're laying down and you and you can't do stuff for yourself, it gives you a different perspective. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's been great talking to you. I really appreciate you coming on. And again, we'll talk again soon. Hopefully, yeah, for sure. And you have a fantastic day thanks for listening to authentic points of view podcast i hope that something you heard today changes your point of view if you would like to share your views please email me at authenticpoints of at gmail.com or leave a comment on facebook at authentic points of view podcast remember always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart